you want to start? <laughs> okay. Hello. Welcome. Hi. It is good to be here again with you, Joy. Yay. Across the world from one another, yet feeling like we're sitting at a table together. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. The Deep Place on creativity and spirituality. Joy Prouty. And I'm Joel McCarrow. Welcome to our podcast. For those that aren't familiar with photography, um, uh, that word aperture is, it's the eye of the lens. Um, and so you can open it the, it the its widest opening is when all the light is flooding in and when we have when we open our hearts to be vulnerable to start sharing our stories when we're allowing light and love to fully flood in without restriction then the it to me it's the aperture of the heart is fully open This is like this is our first time chatting since um since our podcast has come out into the world I since know. we birthed <laughs> this baby together. That sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But since we <laughs> uh, well, I'm so thankful that it was born. <laughs> yes, not too well. Maybe some some birth pains. Um, but not too many yes. benefit pains. Yes, I know. I think you felt it more than I did. The day it came out, you were yeah. you were feeling it quite a bit. That's um, I think, true. I was. <laughs> I think I was feeling it like way before then because I was experiencing <laughs> so much resistance against uh, letting it be free in the world yeah and so yeah how was that it, for you like because you you did in that you had all the that you had all the like pregnancy pains and then I had the, <laughs> I had the birthing pain yeah that's true that, that works Maybe out we're, oh, we're taking this my, image too far oh my gosh um, mine did last nine months Joel it really did <laughs> how, um, was it, the, how was it for you like feeling that resistance and then seeing this thing come out into the world Oh, it's been such a gift. I mean, really mm -hmm. a blessing. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for someone that really wants to be understood, you know, like that being my one of my greatest longings with the art that I make. And, yeah. you know, when I put it out there and to not be able to share the behind the scenes or what it means to me, like this, this podcast has given me a way to share that and to have it yeah. sit, sit in people's hearts in a way that they respond and then I can know what it meant. And it's just really, oh, it's just been so special. Mm, so good. I'm glad the, the pregnancy pains led to such beautiful things, <laughs> hey? Yes, yes. Yeah. That it feels I, worth it. Yeah, absolutely worth it. And now kind of addictive, you know, like I, yeah. <laughs> I'm so thankful that like not only, oh, someone wants to listen, like that for that alone, uh, that, you know, that this is worthy of someone's time, which is priceless, yeah. um, that they would choose this over anything else that could fill their spirit, that this could be something that would inspire something in them. I mean, I think that was the greatest hope for both of us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 It really was for me. And it's, and it's that kind of stuff that's helped me, um, like I, cause I, I love bringing things out into this world, but every time I do, there really is that feeling of that resistance. Like you said, like it's this mixture of excitement and vulnerability and uh, choosing to give yourself to the world. Um, there's something about that that is uh, scary because it's, it's not that I'm sitting here naked talking to you through this podcast, but that's what it feels like. You are you are yeah. similar to like performance poetry. It's like you're naked on stage, um, showing people your vulnerabilities, your thoughts, your dreams, your hopes, and your and your shadow. And so I think when I like when we bought this out for me, um, I I think I had to push past this 
that was when as soon as we put it out there that was when my feelings of resistance came came up like these feelings of um oh people aren't gonna like it or they're just gonna think we're I don't I don't know it was that negative inner critic just getting loud and I just had to talk myself out of that yeah yeah that was very similarly yeah I was feeling that same thing because I think my resistance leading up to it was you know I I was having so many of those migraines and spending yeah. I had really spent so much time in the darkness by myself. Yeah. yeah. Um and the voice inside my head was really defeated and so you know as you're talking about that inner critic I know that the when I when you sent me some of the first podcast episodes that we had um worked on together mm. I really it was hard for me to think in my weekend state <laughs> in the time yeah. that I, you send them to me, you yeah. know, does my voice have value? Mm. Um, you know, because I'm feeling so defeated. I, I, it made me feel like maybe the advice I was giving or when mm. we were talking that it was from a defeated state, but now, you know, mm. as I listen to it now from a new state, from a place now where I feel great freedom, yeah. um, you know, from that physically, but also just spiritually free, I yeah. listen now and I, you know, what I hear, is I hear that I, it was my best self coming out because I felt really understood by you and felt like I was really saying things that I felt I needed to hear. Like it's such a gift to now listen back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I I wonder, I'd actually, I'd love to hear, maybe you can share on this podcast, even some of that journey for you like you're talking about being in the dark places and then a movement into freedom and and maybe in a bit as we as we get into this episode you could chat about what um what that's looked like for you in terms of your creativity recently um would be great before we go there I think what something that came up for me um as well was that feeling and I I name it now because someone actually named it as well for them on our um what's it called the deep place podcast facebook community group thing um which is so beautiful by the way thank you Joel for setting that up (laughs) yeah yeah no worries go and join it listeners if you want the deep place podcast community on facebook um and someone was sharing about how they were feeling um just that whole imposter thing and i think that that's what it was for me as well feeling like you're not meant to be the one doing it or that you don't have the ability to do it. Just like you were saying, like, do I even have a voice that um, counts and stuff to share that counts and feeling like an imposter? And um, that was really strong, really strong for me. And I was, I was, um, reflecting on it recently. And then, and then this, um, I forget who, I think it was Jenny, someone, um, shared on the podcast mm-hmm. on the, on that Facebook community about it. And I was thinking about it. And then I heard another podcast and I can't even remember what this podcast was, um, the other day that was talking about, um, this kind of imposter thing that so many of us have so many, like yes. many creatives have. And, and it makes us go into a place of self-doubt. And this guy was saying that actually um, when we feel like an imposter, what that should be telling us is that we're doing something right, that we're moving from like our place of comfortability into new territory. And as soon as you move into new territory, then you feel like an imposter. You feel like you don't belong, but that's exactly where you should be. Um, in that place of feeling uncomfortable, like you don't belong, like everything around you is new and different and you're trying to bring um, something into that space that hasn't necessarily been there or or in your way before. And so, uh, so actually embracing our impostering is a really important thing with our creativity. And that hearing that for me was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yes. I love that. Wow. Mm. Mm. Well, it's the same idea as resistance, right? If it's, if it's seems like it's extra difficult and very scary, then we know we should walk into it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Resistance is an open door invitation. It's so, it's what a paradox, hey? <laughs> Often you think of... <laughs> In, in, often you think of life as like, well, when there's an open door, then I know I'll go through it and it'll feel right. But it's it's often the opposite. I know. I wish someone would have taught me this a long time ago. Yeah. To, to <laughs> lean into the uncomfortable, oh. to lean into the, 
the new yeah. frontier is always going to feel uncomfortable and strange and weird. Something that I've, I've loved as well. Maybe I'd love just to read some of these out, not to not to pat our own backs, but I, there's been such an <laughs> incredible response from people, and I and I kind of want other people to hear it. Um, some of these words of of what this podcast seems to be doing in people's lives because it's it's amazing, it's really incredible, and 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 again, this is not to pat ourselves on the back. I think for me, this is about um, this feels like fostering a community like I've done a lot of community work in the past and bringing things together and and doing this podcast feels the same it's like holding space for a community of people to to engage with each other I don't know if it feels the same for you does it yes it absolutely does uh one of my favorite reviews was um someone speaking about how they felt like they were Sit, leaning in on an intimate conversation, but felt mm. so welcomed and as though that their name was just on the table that they walked up to. It was a seat that mm. was just ready for them. Um, and that's the best kind of compliment I think we could <laughs> imagine receiving. Um, totally. Yes, please do read those, Joel. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. Let me just read a few of these. Um, I listened on a long drive yesterday and had to pull over three times just to weep. We're sorry about that. Uh, we advise um, when if tears start coming as you're driving, please do pull over. Uh, don't keep driving the car. <laughs> oh, that, wow. Such beautiful words. Yeah. Um, Isamar, I've been trying to hustle my way out of the valley with self-help books, but they just seem to add to the anxiety. I want real and deep and true, all of which I've found in the Deep Place podcast. Mm. Oh. So wonderful. Oh. Wow. Wow. Um, such a deeply moving, encouraging, and equipping podcast. I'm telling all my creative friends and even those who are yet to discover how creative they truly are. Please do tell people. Um, I can't tell you both what the podcast has done for me. I, I'd let the artist in me slip away. It was a betrayal of self. I feared calling myself an artist but not doing my art well. But everything you enjoy are sharing, it's helping me kneel down, bloodied knees in broken glass, picking up the fragments and shards of this broken artist to create a new and imperfect mosaic. Oh, 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 um, wow. Yeah. I mean, my entire body just like leapt forward. Like I couldn't get close enough to the microphone because I just, oh, I just felt that... Oh, thank you for those words. Oh, thank you so much for those words, um, friends who have written these. I won't say your names just because I haven't asked you about doing this, um, putting them up there, but you know who you are if you're hearing your quote read out right now. Thank you so much. Um, The last couple of days, week actually, I found myself slipping back into a dark place, the dark place, my dark place, but then I found the deep place and the music and the voices and the stories and the poetry, the love, the vulnerability, the realness, the rawness seeping out of my headphones straight into my brain. All of it made my skin tingle, made my whole body vibrate with a glimmer of new hope. New hope. A glimmer of new hope. Mm. That's what we need. Absolutely. And that's that for me, like that nails why we do this. If we can bring hope into this world, into people's dark places and into the dark realities of our world at the moment, um, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast and that's what we're trying to do with our creativity. Beautiful. Mm. And lastly, I've never thought that a podcast could be experienced like a work of art. I really love that, that quote mm. just... Um, cause that's for me as well, this bringing this podcast together, it's felt like a new creative outlet for me, which is really wonderful, um, to be able to bring music and thoughts and words and stuff together and create a work of art. Um, if this podcast can be that, oh, so good. So yes. good. Wow. It is a work of art, Joel. You've done such a beautiful job with the music and the layers and it's just getting as close to it's just thank you for the work you've done, Joel. Oh, my absolute pleasure. And thank you all, all of our listeners and people who are, who are beginning to feel like, I don't know, in all the responses from people, it feels like 
people are saying this is beginning to feel like a community for them, a safe place where they can begin to explore some things that they have, that that artist that they denied for so long, that creative person or that vulnerable person inside them. So thank you so much, um, everyone listening as we get into today's episode that you would give yourself to this and being willing to to trust this uh, random Aussie dreadlocked red-headed poet um, <laughs> and this this crazy Nashvillian Nashvillian. That's uh, I wonder if you ever get called Nashvillian. I don't know. I don't I know about that one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just. Yes, from both of us. Thank you for your words. Thank you for lending us your soul and ears and just leaning in close um, mm. to, jo- to join us. And whilst we are in a thanking mood, we also really want to thank our sponsor, Whitley College, who have sponsored this first season of the podcast. Uh, What an amazing organization to come alongside, something that's only just beginning to see its worth and believe in it and to be able to uh, support us in that way is huge. Thank you so much, Whitley. Please check Whitley College out at whitley.edu.au. So, Joy, I want to hear about you today. Um, I would really love to hear what, what's been happening for you. Where's your creativity been taking you recently? Um, what, and, and maybe oh. about that dark place and that you were talking about before. Share, share some stuff about you. What's happening? Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking. No worries. Um, well, um, I... I have released a new collection of photographs. So that wow. is, it's, um, <laughs> I've, I've released several on Instagram and, um, also a, a new website that showcases a good bunch of them. And they were born out of my need to find a place to put the thing I couldn't translate into words, um, over the last few years. And, mm. uh, I, as I was making the images, so many of them, you know, I would, I knew I needed to make the image, um, mm. but I didn't know what, what the image wanted to teach me, um, over time. Um, and so it, it creating these images, it gave me something to create that didn't have to please anyone. Mm. Um, I wasn't even looking to please myself. I just wanted to, I needed to see what I was feeling, like get it out of me to know that it was real and it had purpose. And if I could put it into this picture, then I could somehow see that God was there even when I couldn't feel him. Wow. Um, did it help? Did so, you did you did you see God even when you couldn't feel Him through these photos? Uh, I I see I see in the places where I felt hidden. Uh, yeah. I felt like I was hiding. Um, I see now that it was a protection place, and um, whereas a lot of a, a lot of the times uh, for myself, I feel like I'm at least over the last year experiencing pain. Um, I felt like I was always looking down, like even my, the position of my body, my posture, um, it's something I've been working on so much. It was just, everything was really downcast. Um, and so in a lot of the pictures, I, it's like, I'm in this place of incredible beauty and the photos are all of my children or other, um, children that I've photographed during sessions where something really specific and special has happened. But really I, I see myself there. I, um, um, and it's like this incredibly beautiful place, but I'm, I can't see it because I'm so downcast. And so being able to take a picture of it, I can somehow see all of the things in the picture that I couldn't see in the moment. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe take us into one or two of the pictures so I know more what you mean. Okay. So um, there's one image of my daughter, Gracie. We were in Antelope Canyon. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, um, if you've never been there, Joel, you're going to have to go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, is that the image a, you just put up recently on Instagram? Like the um, Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a red canyon. It looks oh, like red and yeah. oranges. Yeah. And it's 
Yes, it's almost like the sun itself has carved out these textures in it's it's made of sand um, and it's all of this water has rushed through the area mm. um, you know for who knows how many <laughs> hundreds and thousands of years and created these slot canyons and the just the beauty that can be seen. There's all of these, you know, they say that there's animals that you can see and there's one that's shaped as a heart and each one, it's like it, it has a personality all its own, no matter where you're looking. It's like, it's just been painted with mm. unbelievable beauty. Um, and at certain times of the year. So when I started doing this project, I started thinking of where do I want to go? Where are the places that feel the most artistically, symbolic of being down in a canyon or a pit of despair (laughs) like putting putting some kind of visual and we travel a lot so um you know we were coming into areas that were national parks or you know some of the wonders of the world um and this canyon was one that i dreamed of going to because you have to really go down into the deep crevices these Mm. fractures in the rock Mm. um and the way the water has rushed through um and that you see that this flood or this thing that seemed like it was actually destroying um, a landscape, in fact, was carving out beauty. Oh, wow. Um, and Just that so in I had itself to is a beautiful image. The thing, <laughs> the thing that is bringing destruction is, is also carving out beauty. Yes. Wow. Yes. But you can't see it when you're too close to it, you know, in the middle of the darkness or looking down, you can't see it. And so when you take a picture, it enables you to almost, it enabled me to see myself from a different perspective, a perspective of um, grace, really. Grace, yeah. Grace towards yourself. Grace towards myself, yes. And for, instead of cursing this place where I found myself in this canyon of deep despair, in fact, I could look up and see that where I thought it was all dark, in fact, it was just, it had been painted with light um, and with pictures and story and song and rainbows and... um, and so, yeah, that, so that image, you know, my Gracie, she was sitting there against the wall, mm. looking up and it was packed with people. I mean, these canyons are really small and you have to be taken in and you can't go on your own. So it was very busy. And we, I had dreamed of a different kind of picture where she would be standing in the light, but there was just too many people. And so we had to almost just like rest to the side and wait for the crowds to rush by. Mm. And she looked up, I took this picture and you know in all pretty much all the pictures in this series like in my mind it felt so much more like it would be like the most symbolic moment of my life the moment that i snapped the picture Mm. Um, but it never felt like that never it was always then looking back on it and seeing like oh what appeared when in that moment when i pressed the shutter that like that i didn't see there like what's going to appear to me as like what in what way will my perspective shift when I can see it from higher up? Because also like absorbing the chaos, I'm sure for other people that are photographers and you know, it's like uh, for any, any kind of craft that you're creating where you're ha- like your ears are absorbing the chaos maybe that's around you. Um, yet somehow when you look through that lens or pick up the paintbrush or whatever it is it's like all that noise goes silent Mm. Um, and for that one moment that's how I felt but later when I'm holding it and I can look at it it's like that one quiet moment can last a lot longer Mm. absolutely Um, is there a is there a thread that goes through these um, like how many are in this 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 series that you're doing? Is there a thread <laughs> that holds it all together? Yes. Um, so the the collection is called When Dust Becomes Wings. Wow. Um, so that's the name of the collection, which was, um, there's another photograph. Um, it's on my Instagram also. It's of a little boy where he was tossing this dust um, over his body. Mm. It was at a client session and he was just tossing it up and over. And, um, 
And I took a couple pictures and I didn't think that I'd really gotten anything Mm. because the sun had pretty much gone down. And when I got home and I loaded the pictures, I saw the specific image and the way that, that the movement was frozen in mid air, Mm. the way the dust fell over his body, it looked like a veil. Mm. Um, and so I sent the picture to his mother immediately and um, she she just she she came back crying just basically saying um, that he had prayed every night for two years God give me wings you know like I know they're there what? help me to be able to see them why can no one can see them I don't I where are they God let me see them and and um, and so, when she showed him the picture, he said, there they are, mom, my wings, wow. there they are. Wow. And I and felt really like, does look like some... wings on the, on the yes. photo. I know the image. It looks mm-hmm. exactly like he has wings. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it, it felt in that moment like, oh, when dust becomes wings, that's mm. what can happen when we, when we, pick up this dust to us. It just feels like dust. And we're Mm. just, we're like children, just throwing it up and over our backs, just hoping that it can turn into something meaningful and beautiful Mm. and give us a reason to live really. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, so, and, and, and somehow in that moment, I captured this thing that was just the most active presence of just showing up and being a vessel because I didn't know that's what would happen. But Mm. I believe that the the divine light knew exactly what was going on in that moment and that that child needed to see his wings and Mm. that I could help him do that. and so that's that's really what the collection is. And uh, when dust becomes wings, when we just allow ourselves to see that this stuff that we almost curse and can't believe we're made out of or came from mm. could in fact give us the thing that could help us soar and fly and help us really have p- great peace. And I, I just, I could go on and on about it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's, yeah, so what's been so, your, like what, uh, what I'm wondering is what was, what was the dust and what was the wings for you? Like in your life over the last while in those, those mm. dark places, um, how much can you share about that? Just yeah. what, and what brought freedom, um, what brought the wings? Mm, I, I think it, the thing that has given me the most freedom and the thing that I see in those pictures that I couldn't see right up close was that um, just the complete and total knowing that I am worthy of unconditional love and Mm. that I am beloved um, by a God who sees me and created Mm. me in such a way to see life in this highly sensitive way that I once cursed, mm. um, felt like was a curse. Wow. Um, and as in you as a sensitive person, like yes. holding that sensitive, yes. that was a curse for you. And now it's seen as something different. Yes. I, I cause I know it's a gift. Mm. Um, and, I think so many times in my life I was really told and really more than anything, I told myself, Mm. um, I repeated the things I was once told, which was that, um, this gift that I had was, um, high maintenance (laughs) or difficult to handle or too much or, um, to whatever fill in the blank. Um, And so to have these pictures, like the pictures are my dust, like the dust is the gift that I thought was nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And somehow in these just saying, okay, I'll pick up my creativity and see what could happen with this. What Mm -hmm. if I just, if I just pick it up and toss it up or pick it up and practice it, um, then the wings of freedom will come because Mm -hmm. I will feel completely held knowing that this gift had purpose, not just for freeing me, but perhaps other people could see themselves in it and it could have a purpose beyond what I thought it could Mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. So now you have all these images that seem to be um, it's what we have talked about in the past and I think we've got an episode coming up about it seemed to be kind of restoring your life, taking what had been a story of um, of shame about 
being a sensitive person and um mm. and even as i say sensitive person like there's a we look down upon that in our society like do you know what i mean like there's this thing yes of course you know what i mean because you have faced this all of your life like there's this <laughs> thing that being a sensitive person is being weak is being uh, all those things that you said like those stories that have gone in your head for so long but actually it's it's your one of your joy proud is one of your greatest strengths that you could ever bring to this world um and for so long you thought it was probably the great weakness yeah i think it's gone in waves thank you for saying that joel Mm. um yeah and i think you know as as i was thinking so when i created these pictures i dreamed of having them huge in a gallery space. Um, as I started to see, like sharing them with people and I would see, they would see something in the image that I never saw. Mm. Um, you know, someone said, uh, the other day on that picture I was talking about in the Canyon mm. that they saw, um, like a, it was a placenta, <laughs> wow. like the placenta, it was like this life giving, space. Um, and, and that was something I had never seen in the image. Mm. Um, and so it told me a lot about who she was, that perhaps she was someone who was a midwife for others or, you know, tended to the care of others in this way that, you know, I didn't see it that way. Um, and so I just think it's so special. And so I dreamed of really having them huge wall size. And, um, that's still a dream that Mm. I hope can come to to pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I dreamt up a whole space where people could walk in and really fully absorb them and that, you know, I could hold their hand and walk them through the gallery and perhaps there would be uh, a choir of children singing wow. and, you know, there would be candles and it would be warm, but just a little bit of a breeze and, you know, the smell of lilacs or, you know, this, this is kind of the, the way that I would dream it in my mind. And so as I was making it and knowing that, you know, how do you do that, um, on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so it's really the longing for that led me into trying to think up how I can, really walk with people through my thought process and help them develop a new way of seeing their own art that they're making. And not only that, but viewing their life as art, which then birthed my most recent um, course that I'm going to be teaching. So I'm really excited about that. So because, because you can't quite do an immersive experience over the internet, although I'm sure we're beginning to walk, move towards that technology wise. um, I I would love to see these as as an immersive. Imagine that walking into the, to like huge grand, Oh, because I see you, you showed me these photo, these pictures, um, a while ago now, maybe a year ago, longer. I don't know yeah, when it was. I think so, yes. When I was mm-hmm. at your house. And um, yeah. And I, the book, you have them printed out in this big, lovely, massive book. And, and I remember <laughs> looking at these and coming away and going, that was the best, like, book of photos that I have ever come across. Um, oh, yeah, thank and you, I, John. Oh, I really mean that. And I do hope that, it, um, that you can feel fashion this series into something that is is more than just Instagram photos and that kind of stuff but it sounds like at the moment yeah. what you're kind of inviting people into through these photos is um is is a course is is that what you said so it's this your aperture of the heart course that you're beginning <laughs> yes yes it's called aperture of the heart right. and uh that word aperture is for those that aren't familiar with photography, um, it's the eye of the lens. Um, and so you can open it at the, its widest opening is when all the light is flooding in. Mm -hmm. And when we have, when we open our hearts to be vulnerable, to start sharing our stories, when we're allowing light and love to fully flood in without restriction, then the, it, to me, it's the aperture of the heart is fully open. Mm Um, and so that's, I, I, that's what's, that's what this collection in the making of it did for me Mm. was it really opened my heart up to, um, 
seeing that my that my story had purpose, that my voice had purpose, that God was present when I couldn't feel him, that this creativity and this art that I was making, um, it could actually be a way to heal um, the way I had been living my life, um, mm. which was in this downcast way. Mm. Um, and so I thought, how can I, how can, you know, I had been teaching workshops for years for almost 10 years now. Mm. And I, the one thing that I realized, you know, it, it, each one has been such a special, tender, incredibly heart shifting, uh, time for me, yeah. as I'm sure you feel when you're teaching also. Yeah. Um, but I kept seeing that a lot of the women that would take these classes in person with me, it always, like their blocks, their creative blocks, you know, as we've talked about here as well, Mm. they were always rooted in how they viewed themselves and the lens that they were viewing people through in their work, whether they were seeing themselves truly as Mm. a vessel or if they were trying to do all of the hustling and wrestling themselves. And, you know, just, um, it's kind of an endless battle. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I realized no matter, it's not the, it's not the marketing knowledge or the website critiques or anything like that, that leads to ultimate freedom. Hmm. Um, but it's the way that we are viewing ourselves and, and the world. And that contributes fully to the, you know, that translates into the work we're making in the most visceral way. Hmm. Um, and so I thought, how can I teach people? Like how, I wish that I could hold their faces right up close (laughs) and look in their eyes and, and just, and just be so present with them. But I thought, I think walking with people. So I walk with people, they get a video every day, one of these pictures, the whole story behind the picture, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what my settings were, where I placed myself, how I decided on that location or that theme or how I prepared my subject or, and then now what it means to me and then giving them a prompt for the day, how to start to take that lesson for the day and start to view their surroundings in a new way and then create some kind of art from that day, take a picture that, that really symbolized it. So not only sharing with them my process Mm. and how I came to this place, but trying to get them to view their surroundings or what they could see at that exact moment or in that day, how can they find light that they didn't even know was there? Mm. The ultimate thing that I've struggled with that I hope to give people is how can I do this in my house with my kids around, with my iPhone or my, you know, non-professional thing? How can I shift this, my mindset to being artistic and open and perceptive and aware and full of peace in this place that feels most chaotic to me. Yeah, totally. Because that's that's always that whenever I go to retreats and and I do a lot of kind of conferences and speaking at conferences and gatherings and retreats and all that kind of stuff. And you always come away and then you're back in the reality of life <laughs> and with kids screaming and dishes that need doing and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you're like, yeah. all that stuff, it was wonderful, but how the hell do I take that and convert <laughs> it into everyday life? And so, um, so absolutely if, if you can carve time aside um, in this, like doing this course means that you can, work that out in your own life, I suppose, in the midst of your everyday well, my, life, you're working out how to be a creative rather than the, the, the escape into a retreat world. Yes. Well, and instead of putting your creativity in the closet, the mm-hmm. goal is to get it out and to let it live and breathe in the house that is your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And so my goal is also to help people create a regular daily rhythm of showing up for themselves and their creativity mm-hmm. and that it can, you know, that it can be built in and that it's possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause so many people say, Oh, I can't, you know, I would love to create art when my kids are grown yeah. or I would love to yeah. create art when my kids go back to school yeah. or when I'm not working this job or whatever. But in fact, it just must begin now. Yeah, it, totally. it must. It's that whole, like all of us say, Oh, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. But um, you make time for what you want to make time for. Um, you, yeah. you choose it in the yes. everyday to carve time out to um, to do what's important for you. Um, 
so the the time and busyness kind of becomes our excuse because I, I wonder if actually it's our excuse because we don't want to go there. Like we fear what it would be to um, to choose to look inwards, to choose to open up the aperture of our hearts and um, yeah, and glimpse inside it. Um, like we fear that if there is. It's like we fear that if there is sorrow there, grief there, brokenness there, then we take away another a layer on that and we go deeper and there's just going to be more sorrow and we go deeper again and there's going to be more sorrow and it's just going to be sorrow and it's just going to be dark and dark and sorrow and sorrow. But it, it seems to me what this, like what your latest series and project and everything you're working on, it seems to be saying that... Um, beneath the darkness there is always light beneath the darkness there is always beauty like I think of um, I think of, there's a Carl Gibran quote um, our greatest joy is our sorrow unmasked our greatest joy is our sorrow unmasked that when we when we are willing to <clears throat> to choose to go there to believe that beneath the sorrow there is joy yes and I love you saying that because it brings to mind this image that I have had in my mind and did for a long time feeling when I was in that deep pit of despair Mm -hmm. and um, I envision myself down in this pit and it's murky and wet and you know my knees are socked and you know it makes me think of the words that we were talking about not long ago about these bloody broken knees yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know we're feeling around in the dark and we can't see and so all we have is the tools we need these tools to help dig make spaces in this place for the light to get in mm-hmm. and that's what we give each other mm-hmm. um and that's what I hope to be able to help provide for people that are sitting in that deep, dark pit. And they know there's got to be meaning and they've been digging for so long. And yeah. it's like, I want to help them remember what tools can help them access the light. Wow. It's there. Yeah. It's there. You, I know you also talk about this stuff in terms of, um, uh, what did you call it, memory preservation. Can you talk to us about to, uh, about that, like the importance of of holding, is yes, it holding these you. memories or what? what is it? Yeah, so there's this incredible research um, about memories and how they imprint on our brains mm. and how when we're exposed to a negative thought, so let it be a negative comment on Instagram or someone that cut us off on the highway or whatever, anything that's negative that it imprints on the mind as a memory, it becomes a memory within one to three seconds. So it's basically instantaneously we absorb it. Our brain has this negativity bias. Um, But when we're exposed to something beautiful or um, positive, it takes up to 30 seconds for that to become memory. So when I heard research, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, what? Yeah. And in here we're saying, you know, especially parents, oh, time goes by so quickly and it's just slipping through our fingers. And, you know, it's as if this thing, it's like, we're like, we know it's not slipping through our fingers. But then when I hear this research, it sounds like, well, yes, it is. Mm. If we're not actually savoring, like looking like with a magnifying glass on our beautiful experiences, we will not even retain them. Um, That's, I mean, that's terrifying. Um, and so what, how can we do it? And, and I started to realize that, you know, all of the memories that I was creating with my clients, I would, I mean, I would be with them for 24 hours a day, a lot of times, um, for the kinds of sessions that I w- mm. was doing with families. Mm. 
I'd be looking at them through my camera, which was like a magnifying glass for at least 30 seconds per image. I mean, just staring at them, framing it out, yeah. trying to get the focus just right, the exposure. I mean, at least 30 seconds. And I, for, I mean, the amount of time and the, the memories that I have of these clients, they, they really have become part of me when, when I talk about you know, the heaviness of the stories we carry. I believe I, I have these imprinted mm. memories from my clients that they stay with me in a way that is profound. And I, when I heard that research, I thought, oh my goodness, mm. this is why. This is why I, I can recall them like they're my own mm. because I lived in them with them. And then I started having these crazy ideas like, oh my goodness, I, so when I go home and I put my camera away, it's, it's like I'm, I don't know, like this unintentional choice to not remember. Mm. And through times of depression, it's definitely been the case. Mm. Um, but then ha after hearing that research, I thought, wow, it's more crucial than ever that we are paying attention in whatever way we pay attention best. Yeah. And for me, that just happened to be through a camera. Yeah. Taking these pictures, therefore, is not just, um, of course, it's not just like a, I'm just doing my artistry job here. I'm just doing, I'm just being a creative. This is actually a, um, an intentional choice to uh, remember and hold on to those things that most matter in the face of um, everything else in our lives, all the negative stuff that that seems to sink in so quickly and so easily. This is, this is like a this is a rebellion, like a, a rebellion against that that negative wiring um, that we yes. have. I wonder why we have such negative wiring to be like. I wonder where that begins and how that. I need to do some research and thinking on that. Unless you have you have you done any of that? Go on. Yes. I, yes, because we needed we needed to be able to respond to fear, right. you know, in, in the earlier days, you know, to be able to use our bodies and to know, you know, survival techniques, what was scary and what to stay away from. And so our bodies would retain that thing that was terrifying instantly wow. uh, because it would actually save our lives, our physical lives. Um, and now we don't have as many. I mean, yes, don't step into the street yeah. or don't get hit yeah. by a car. But we've now retained them or, you know, taken these things on that no longer serve us and actually are deterring um, the beautiful things that could actually be life giving and changing for us. So we got hooked on the fear as cavemen and we are struggling to break out of that now. Is that kind of the idea? Yes. And so we have to find tools to really start to practice remembering again uh, and, you know, savoring, ha holding on to the good stuff to, you know, using that neuroplasticity research to force ourselves to go in the direction of positivity and sitting in it until it can sitting in it long enough for it to really change our uh, hearts. Yeah. So yes, I think we, you know, I, I don't know a lot of the moms that I know, uh, it feels like they don't want to carry around the camera, like it's an imposition mm. or, you know, like be better for them to be fully absorbed in the mm. moment. But, you know, I've done all this research and realized, you know, not only do we have to, yes, be present mm. in it aside from the camera and get our bodies involved. And, you know, there's creating these layered experiences that can really solidify the memories and also cre creating experiences of joy for ourselves mm. to, you know, chase after joy and set it up for ourselves so that we can start to build up those parts of our brain that have been traumatized. Mm. One of my favorite, so we've, I, I have loved taking many, many photos over the years as people do um, of their own life and videos and that kind of stuff. And I, I love it when I do get some moments to go back and look over the videos that were shot, just the family videos or the, when Heidi and I went tripping around the world for a while. And, um, when I'm in, in a dark place and when I am, uh, unsure of myself, when I can go back and just look at the memories, something so rich happens in my soul. And I feel like I can keep on going, um, 
with oh, with yes. my creativity with my parenting with all that kind of stuff like any any yeah any parent would know when you're in the when you're in the thick of um of kids and parenting memory like I think your memory just disappears and everything becomes a hazy fog um and yes, yes. <laughs> yeah uh, until your kids get a bit older um and so, mate, what a beautiful, like, spiritual practice, a beautiful creative practice to to stop and to look back over the memories and the good memories and believe that they happened and let them shape our way into the future. Yes. I um, We're preservationists of hope and legacy. Uh, and, you know, I think about trees a lot, you know, being preservationists, what does yeah. that mean? What is, you know, it's someone who protects something that matters greatly um, and that trees, they provide oxygen, they give breath, they give life. Um, and someone that protects a stand of trees or a forest of trees, they, it's, they know the deep importance of what those trees can give the life they can give and so I believe that that's what we do with our creativity um, is that we are preserving hope um, and we're standing up saying this thing gives life this thing gives breath these memories they're the thing that keep us going um, and that that's deeply important not only for us as the preservationist but for those those that come after us that also need breath but maybe they don't know how to fight for the trees or the memories well daffodils they're my favorite flower and first one that come up in spring but every night you know because it, they're the first ones that come up in spring the nights are still really cold and so the they just they get icy and they fall down and they can't possibly they look like they'll never be resilient or be able to stand up again but then when you, you know as soon as the sun comes out or when we cut them and bring them inside then the, as soon as the sun shines upon them they just they're so resilient that they don't they don't break they bend and then they just reach towards the light so I, I wanted to ask you as well about you're talking about trees one of my favorite images that I'm sure was part of this collection it was the first image I think first photo of yours that I'd ever seen was a photo of maybe one of your kids um, in the the bows of the roots like deep roots of a tree with um with i think there was a a rainbow-esque type thing happening from the lens and it's this incredible picture of a tree like on a on a cliff is that from this series yes it is um that's the tree of life and um it was it's a picture that we took at this it's the tree is actually called the tree of life and um in Washington State, right on uh, beside the sea, and the tree it has this um, this this creek, this water that runs beneath it, and so it's created this cave beneath mm-hmm. the roots, and literally the tree is just holding on by gripping the the earth, which it's like mm-hmm. it's rock on either side, and so the, the roots aren't they're not going into anything. I mean, they're not into any soil, but it's being sustained by the the moisture in the air being beside wow. the sea. Um, and so we we I took the picture right at sunrise, mm-hmm. and we had gone down there. My Gracie, my oldest, she climbed up in there, and Donnie helped her up into the roots, and she just held on mm-hmm. to the roots. And I walked back, and I was standing in the water when I took the picture because the, the sea was behind me in the tree. You know, it was low tide, so I could get pretty far away yeah. from the tree. Um, and the sun came up right then and just wrapped the tree in this rainbow which can happen only when the aperture of the lens is fully open it was at 1.2 and it just felt I felt so seen Mm. in that moment Um, you know the the way that it was like being at I had this dream and we were there and then the light came and it felt so um, it was just one of those moments where I felt affirmed that this this is this is the song of my heart um, and I know it's it's, um, it's it's my song but maybe it could be it could sing over others as well do not stand at my grave and weep I am not there I do not sleep
circle fine and the soft starlight at night. Do not stand at my grave and weep. Am not there. I do not sleep. Do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. So are you are you going to at some point do a gallery exhibition something with this series? I don't know, Joel. Is that, the, is that still a plan or you, you don't know? Um, well, I just, I'm so excited to be able to teach yeah. in this really intimate yeah. level, with the course, you know, a small group, the way I intend yeah. it to be so that people can really feel be, like I'm walking with them and that'll last for 30 days. And it's just one of these things where I'm stepping out and saying, okay, I'm setting it free along with all my yeah. wisdom and the things that I most want to tell yeah. someone that I, the things I wish someone would have told me. And then I, I believe I'm just going to wait for the answer after this first run of the course and decide, you know, does it need, you know, I think that I'll continue doing that because I, I know it will be really mm. beautiful, but I know that also as, as this body of work continues to grow and I keep making work like this, um, you know, continually that, um, I think the gallery will come, but I, I know it's, it's still being crafted in me, even as I'm walking through this process. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I've just, I've loved hearing about your latest creative project. It's so good. Um, is, is there anything else that you want to say about it? Oh, Thank you. Thank you for letting me share my heart behind it. And um, I just, I'm, I'm so thankful to create something that I, that I am hopeful will be also deeply significant Mm. for Mm. others. Um, That's my prayer that, that the work speaks into the place that, um, that, that needs that image Mm. to keep going. Mm, Absolutely. Um, so it's it maybe give us some details of this on because it's an online course. So um, anyone, even Aussies, can do it from all the way over here. Is that right? Mate, can you give us some details so anyone yes. who's listening, if if they want to do this course with you, like when it starts and um, all that kind of thing? Yes. So it's a thirty day course. It will run um, from April twenty fourth through May twenty second. Registration is currently open and you can find all of the information on apertureoftheheart.com. And um, it's just, I, it's for creatives of all skill level. And yes, I'll be giving photography instruction for either iPhone or big camera, whatever you're working with, because it's really a way of learning to see things differently. We'll be doing lots of fun challenges that are almost going for the anti-perfect image, (laughs) you know, maybe, uh, of the lessons is, um, you know, talking about perseverance and creating images that are out of focus on purpose because mm. we're trying to give voice and narrative to that kind of fuzzy, mm. out of focus, in between, um, you know, perseverance and um, so so really in written word and in photograph, starting to find ourselves, find that that small, still voice within us and start to live our life in a more artistic, rich way um, through the lessons that I'll be speaking as we walk together. So good. You can, you can find that on the website and um, yeah, I look forward to really um, seeing the art and the stories that that break out. Um, mm. So you don't or, have to be a photographer to do it. Is that what you just said? You do not. You can be any form of creative. You can use your iPhone. Um, if you want to, in response to the artistic prompts, create a painting or a poem oh. or um, a dance or, you know, whatever needs to come out, whatever comes out of the insp- inspired yeah, time. Great. So I'm about half full right now. Oh, cool. Um and, uh, yes, I'll be right now is early bird sign up and that that's going for the next, um, that'll go up until two weeks before the class begins. And then, okay. yeah. yeah, thank you so much for sharing about your kind of where you've been at and how creativity's, um, given you taken your dust and, and formed it into wings is really wonderful to hear. Thank you so much, Joy. Friends, you've been listening to another episode of the Deep Place podcast. 
please do check out Joy Prouty's work, all these amazing things that she's bringing out into the world and have a look at this course that she's running as well. We'll be leaving the details in the show notes where you can get a hold of that. All the music from today's episode is from Tom Hyoi uh, and we'll leave his details in the show notes as well. And the theme music as always is from Joshua Furmeister. So wonderful to have you here today listening. Uh, Please go and tell your friends about this podcast and uh, also join us, follow us on on social media, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, the Deep Place podcast community on Facebook. Um, And also, if you do feel like uh, you could support us by giving us a, a monthly kind of amount to to get this thing uh, continuing to roll out into the world, then we would love that support. You can do that if you go to patreon.com backslash the deep place podcast. Um, it would be wonderful to have that support from you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.